Amen. Well, welcome everybody. And for the second week, I know that I've been called uh, from some of you about an email that's been coming from me. I just want to let you know, and that's for those of you who weren't here last week. Number one, I don't use Gmail. I don't use Gmail. Number two, I would never ask anything from you, personally, from a Gmail, from an email. And if I do ask something from you, it will always be on behalf of Mission Valley, our conference, the PCJC, or our denomination. I will never ask anything from you on my personal behalf. So I just want to let you know, you know, unfortunately people are just making up emails and sending them out. They got my contact list. So just to let you know, I do not use Gmail. So if you get something from me from Gmail, please just don't open it, um, delete it, and block it. But I'll never remember. I was driving home from an event at night on the 605 freeway, and I was going north. And right past Beverly Boulevard, I'm driving at night, and all of a sudden, boom, all of the power of my car just went off. I had no lights. I could not see the uh, dashboard. Everything was just black in my car. And then I had no power. So when you're doing the steering wheel, it was like the old school where I had to fight to try to control the car. And the scary thing is that I was in, I was close in the fast lane. And I was trying to figure out how do I get from the fast lane over to the shoulder without any power. I could not see my instruments. I couldn't see anything. It was just completely black in my car. And why is that? Because the battery completely died. There was something wrong with my alternator, and it wasn't charging the battery. And so my car was on battery power, and then finally the battery just died. It was scary. There was no power whatsoever. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. And some of you might be in that situation where you're just going along cruising, then all of a sudden, boom, the lights turn out. You're struggling to try to control your life. You're struggling to try to uh, live life. And you're navigating, how do I get from the fast lane over to the shoulder with no power? And that might be where you are right now. You're not sensing the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us that power that we need to work, do the work of Jesus Christ. And some of you just might be there right now. And so we're going to continue our series on the Holy Spirit. And today it's the Holy Spirit 101. Now, I know some of you have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And you said, okay, this is my time to check out. Probably everything the pastor says, I know about it. I've known this for years. And that might be true. That might be true. But what I'd like for those of you to say, okay, instead of just knowing it up here, which you probably do, realize, are you living that way right now? You know, there's a huge difference between knowing what I'm going to say and living it. So for those of you who might want to just check out, I want you to say, okay, am I living this? Am I experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit? Because if you are not, you are missing out at the life God wants for you. You know, I was listening to this uh, one tape 
where you know it, it was uh, it was this pastor was talking about an illustration about being in heaven, and so Jesus is just showing them this one um, person, you know, all these rooms in heaven, and then he goes to this one room and he sees all of these unwrapped packages, big packages, a room just full of these unwrapped packages, and the guy goes, "What's this room?" And Jesus said, "Those are all the presents." That I had for you when you were here on earth. But you didn't open them. You didn't use them. You didn't experience them. And that's what life is when we do not live with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives here on earth. We miss out on so many opportunities that God wants us to have. And so this is why the Holy Spirit leading and being filled by the Holy Spirit is so important. So if you... um, The first thing that I want you to realize about the Holy Spirit is the Spirit teaches us the truth. The Spirit teaches us the truth. Because what is the truth? If you look at today, everything is so subjective. Well, what's true to you might be not, is not true to me. And so we come up and we make up our own rules and regulations on how we follow the faith. But we know that the Spirit guides us in all truth. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to John 16, 13? John 16, 13. And this is what Jesus says about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Spirit's responsibility is to guide us into truth, to tell us what is true. And Jesus, and John 17, 17, when Jesus was praying for the disciples, this is Jesus talking to God. He said, sanctify them in truth. He said, your word is truth. And the clearest way that we have of knowing the truth is what? Is through scripture. This is why we need to um, read our Bibles. It's so important that we know Scripture because that's how you know God's voice because we hear so many voices. We hear voices from God. We hear voices from ourselves. You know, have you ever heard these voices that are condemning yourself? Maybe because you did something wrong and then you're just heaping all of this condemnation on you. Is that truth? No, I don't see a condemning God in Scripture. But we somehow think that that's coming from God. We hear all of these messages from the world. So how do we differentiate God's word, God's voice from all these other voices we hear? Well, one of the clearest ways we do that is through Scripture. But he says, sanctify um, them in your truth. What's our goal? Our goal is sanctification. Now, what's sanctification? Sanctification is just this big theological word for saying that we are to be more like Christ. That God's truth is to help us to be more like Christ. To see what Christ sees. To live as Christ lives. For us to look at this world and to have our hearts broken over the same things that broke the heart of Jesus. But, you know, a lot of us just take a look at, I just want to live like Christ. But we have to also realize that part of becoming like Christ is to have the heart of Christ. To have hearts break over the things that broke 
Jesus' heart. And the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into that truth. And this is why we do family promise. Because Jesus, his heart is broken over homeless families. His heart is broken when he sees single parents who are just living in their cars. And they have to look into the face of the child. And when the child asks mommy... Where are we going to stay tonight? Mommy, are we going to have food to eat tonight? That breaks Jesus' heart. And see, this is why, as a church, we do family promise. And this is why it's so important for us to get involved in those ministries. To do what? To help. Why? Because those things break the heart of Jesus. And the Spirit will break our hearts in the same thing that breaks the heart of Jesus. So when, you know, Pastor Marco brings up that board, that's not just a board. It's a way for us to care about the things that break the heart of Jesus. And I guarantee you, sing, you know, single parents who are homeless, who have children, that breaks the heart of Jesus. And it's the spirit of truth that's going to guide you and direct you and compel you to sign up and try to make a difference in the things that break Jesus' heart. Second, the Spirit guides and directs us. Now, if you turn with me to Acts 28, 26. It says, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in, in charge of the treasury of Kandak, which means Queen of Ethiopians. Some of your Bibles say Candace. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go and stay near it. And so here's this one eunuch. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. He had no idea what he was reading. So the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I believe that this was an audible voice. Where it's like, go, the Spirit telling him, go do it. And that's how the Spirit sometimes directs us. Now, it's very rare, and to be honest with you, I've never heard an audible voice of Jesus. But I know that some of you have. Right? And so that's the way some, the Spirit gives you direction by telling you to go here, going, telling you to go there. And if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, you miss out on it. As Pastor Marco says, you miss out on an opportunity to glorify God. Then in Romans 8, 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Well, led by the Spirit means to live a life in accordance to what we see in Scripture. To live a life that becomes more and more like Jesus every single day. So if you take a look at your life, are you being, are you being led by the Spirit? As you live your life today, do you see more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Because really, what is the goal of the Holy Spirit? What Jesus says, what? To sanctify them. To become more like Christ. That's our goal. So part of being led by the Spirit, he's going to lead you to become more and more like Christ. 
It says, while they were worshiping, and the, excuse me, in Acts 13, 2, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit directs us to ministry. And it might not just be professional ministry. The Holy Spirit is one who directs us into ministry. So the question is, how do you know? Well, you just know. You know, when somebody asks me, well, how did you know you love grace and that grace is the one to be your wife? You know, I couldn't scientifically prove it. I couldn't come up with a checklist and say, well, she, she meets all of these qualities, therefore she's the one. I just knew. I just knew. And that's the way the Spirit leads you. I remember when I was an intern at my first church, um, this uh, conservative church asked me to be the speaker at the youth retreat. Right? Now, part of me was saying, okay, I know this is a really conservative church, Holy Spirit. I'm not sure how they're going to receive me. It's kind of scary. Are you sure you want me to go? And I felt the Holy Spirit directing me there. So as I was talking to the group, I was sharing about them some of the failures that I had experienced in my life. And after I shared some of those failures, a friend of mine told me, Dave, just I want you to know, that the leaders are all meeting tonight. And we're gonna, they're going to decide whether or not to send you home. Because I shared those things about myself. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, why would you lead me here? Right? This is my first speaking engagement. And they are going to send me home. I said, how am I going to explain this to my boss? That midweek, here I am, you know. They sent me home. Right? And I was just going, oh, this is great. But as they prayed about it, you know, they said, you know what, we'll just see what happens. And I go, well, that was a great vote of confidence for me. We'll see what happens. You know, but that rest of the week, because I shared about some of the mistakes that I made, every night I had a line of youth out my door wanting to talk to me. And it was so evident why the Holy Spirit led me there. I didn't want to go there. When I went there, they were going to send me home, you know. But three days, there were kids just lining up my door. They were hurting that they wanted to talk to somebody, and they talked to me. The Holy Spirit leads you. And it's not just in the professional ministry. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do something in ministry, Right? The goal of the Holy Spirit isn't for you just to live a happy life where you go to work, you know, you live, you know, you raise your family, you go on, or you're single, you go on dates, you're enjoying life. No, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into ministry. Maybe it's ministry within the church, maybe it's ministry outside the church, maybe it's ministry at your work, in the organizations that you're a part of, but the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you into ministry. Ministry isn't just for myself. Ministry isn't just for something for Pastor Marco. All of us, all of us are ministers, and all of us are missionaries. The Holy Spirit, if you are following him, he will guide you. But not only does the Holy Spirit lead us, he empowers us, which brings me to the third point. The Spirit empowers us to do ministry, Acts 1.8. But you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus was telling them that, you know, when you do ministry, when you're going to spread the gospel, you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem unless you, they had what? Knowledge of Scripture? Unless they kind of knew what they were going to do? Unless they had a vision and strategic goals and objectives? Then you leave Jerusalem? No, he said that you were to stay in Jerusalem until what? You had the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus knew if they went on their own, they would fail. And the same thing for us. If we go out on our own and try to do God's work without the power of the Holy Spirit, we will fail. And it says um, in Acts 4.8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. And so in this case we see Peter was arrested by the religious leaders. Why? Jewish religious leaders. Why? Because he was going around preaching about the resurrection of Christ. And the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. So they were upset that Peter is preaching this, the resurrection of Jesus. And so what they did is they went up and and they arrested him. But then Peter gets up and he talks to these religious leaders. But he said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was talking to the rulers and elders. It says in Acts 4.13, When they, the religious leaders, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were so astonished. How could these men speak with such confidence about such spiritual things? These guys were ordinary They were unschooled. They had no business speaking about the things that they were speaking about. How is this happening? How many of you feel like, oh, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about Scripture. You know, I'm not very bright. Look at me. I was put on academic probation at Cal State Long Beach. They were going to kick me out of school because my grades weren't good. Right? The reason Peter and John were able to speak with such authority, even though they were unschooled and ordinary, is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. God empowers each one of us to get up there and do his work. You know, there's one mandate that I've given you know, as the senior pastor, to all of the preachers that preach here, whether it's Pastor Mako, whether it's Pastor Phil, I said, before you guys get up here, I never want to hear that you were sick this week. I never want to hear that you had a bad week. I never want to hear that you were tired. I never want to hear anything. Because why? Because I said, when we get up there and do that, what are we doing? We're just giving you an excuse to say, you know what, this sermon's going to be really bad. I was sick, and I didn't have time to prepare. I was really busy, and you know what? What you get is what you get. But there's a reason, because I was busy. And I told them, I never want to hear that. Because 
if you are you know, sick, if you are tired, guess what? You're not going to be the one um, speaking on your own power anyway. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are times when I was as sick as a dog up here. But the Holy Spirit empowered me to speak. There are some times when I got up here and pretty much, you know, my notes were all blank. And I said, oh, Lord, you're going to have to do something here. I've got nothing you know, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, if I, hey, God, guess what? Uh, I've got nothing today, but uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> no, it's the Holy Spirit who gives me the power to speak. And I've seen that happen where so many times I've been so depressed where I said, oh, this, it, this was just bad. You know, this is bad. And I know when the sermon's bad, you know, it's like I'm up here and I said, Lord, get me out of here, you know. But people come up to me and say, Dave, you... You've ministered to me with your sermon. And that's only through the work of the Holy Spirit. So, if God is calling you to a ministry and you don't feel qualified, that's wonderful. That's great because you are exactly in the place that you're supposed to be. Because if you don't feel qualified, that means what? You're going to be powered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now you have to use some sort of wisdom Right? You have to use some sort of wisdom. Now, I am not qualified to lead worship. So I get that. So you're not going to come up here and you're not going to have me sing. Right? Because that's not going to be glorifying to God or you. Okay? (laughs) I, I know that. However, there are certain things that God has called me to that I felt completely unqualified to do. Or I said, God, there's got to be somebody else that's better than me. And God told me, yeah, there are but I'm calling you. I'm calling you, right? God's going to call you to areas where you totally don't feel qualified, but that's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. Finally, this, my last point is the Spirit gives us assurance. In Romans eight sixteen, the Spirit testifies himself with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, if you ask my son, who's his dad? He's always going to say it's me. That beyond a shadow of a doubt, Michael is confident that no matter when you ask him, he's going to say that Pastor Dave's my father. Why? Because he has assurance knowing that I'm his dad. However, the Holy Spirit is the one who also gives us that confirmation that we are God's children. Have you ever not felt like you were God's child? Well, probably because we're doing something that's quenching the Holy Spirit in our lives. But when I am walking with the Lord, there is no doubt in my mind that I'm a child of God, that, I have a, that I'm a loved child of God, that I am a forgiven child of God, that I experience God's mercy and God's grace. Why? Because I'm a child of God, and I will always be a child of God. Just because I make mistakes, that doesn't change anything. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is confirming that in my life. 1 John three twenty four. it says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in him them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gives us. How do you know that Jesus is living in you? How do you know that the Holy Spirit's living in you? It's through the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit con- convicts us of that. However, it says what? If we, Jesus says, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commands. And that's when, when we are walking with the Lord, this is where the Holy Spirit c- confirms that the living God is inside of us. So the question I have with you, do you, do you sense that? Do you sense the presence of the living God inside each one of you? Do you sense beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are God's child? Because this is what the Bible promises the Holy Spirit does. And it says, and do not grieve, excuse me, in Ephesians 4.30, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit seals us. That's a stamp of divine approval. Did you know that each one of you who are believers have that stamp of divine approval on you? Some of you might not feel like it right now. But that doesn't matter. You have that stamp of divine approval. It's God's mark of authenticity. You have, each one of you have that. Why? Because of the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I used to, when I was in college, I worked at a carpet mill. And I was a quality control supervisor. And what my job was, it was to inspect all of the carpet that was leaving the carpet mill. And to give my stamp of approval that this was up to the quality and standards that our salesmen were telling our customer. So every role that went out there, when I signed off on it, it I gave a my stamp of approval saying, this carpet meets the standard of our company. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does for you. The Holy Spirit seals you and gives you the stamp of God's approval saying, you meet the qualifications of being my child. But then how many of you feel that right now? How many of you sense that? That you are approved, that you have that seal of God's approval. But you know, it started off by saying that um, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because when we grieve the Holy Spirit, that's when all of a sudden, which is basically sinning, and we all do it, whether, we know, whether it's known sins or unknown sins, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, have you ever doubted whether you were saved or not? You know, I have. I've doubted whether I was saved or not. Why? Because when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we don't experience that power of the Holy God living inside of us. We don't experience God's promises in the Scripture. Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us assurance that we are God's child. But when I'm not walking with God, I doubt that. I doubt my salvation. I, I, I think, God, am I, you know, I'm not good enough to be your child. God, at some point, you're going to give up on me. I feel that. And I know you do too. And that's not a very good place to be. This is why we have to make sure we're walking with God. And this is why we should pray Psalm 139, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sin gets in the way of us experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's an easy fix to that, and that's confession. Because we know if we confess our sins, what's God going to do? He's going to forgive us. But those are, we need to be able to confess both known and unknown sins. Okay? And how do, you know, how do I know the stuff that I don't even know? Well, it's through the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. You say, God, please reveal in me any actions, any attitudes that are against you and what you want for me. And reveal those to me so I could confess those. And I guarantee you, God will do that. So what's our weekly challenge this week? A weekly challenge. I would like you to read John 16, 13, Acts 8, 26, 29, Romans 8, 4, Acts 13, 2, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, and Romans 8, 16. So everybody get your cameras out because I know you're not going to remember that. I guarantee you if I didn't have my camera... I can't even remember it right now. I can tell you the verses up there. Um, it says, Do you know how the Holy Spirit has empowered you for ministry? Do you know the gifts that he's given you? Because one way the Holy Spirit empowers you for ministry is by giving you spiritual gifts. And every one of you have those spiritual gifts. And this is one of the areas I believe that when we stand before Jesus, he's going to ask us, how did we steward those gifts? And I don't know, or I didn't know my spiritual gifts, is not going to go over well during, at that time. However, if you don't know, hey, there's this freeshapetest.com. Okay? And that at least will give you a starting point. Okay, go there. It's a free test. You don't have to pay for it. And take the survey. And then, are you at a place where you need to make a big decision or big decisions? Right now, are you sitting here and you are at that cusp where you're going to have, you are, you know you're going to have to make a big decision? Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and direction. Don't worry about it. Don't try to figure out how you could strategize about it. Go to the Holy Spirit because he promised to give you guidance and direction. Don't rely on your own um, resources. Don't rely on your own experience. Don't rely on your own ability to get yourself out of a jam. Go to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.